Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. What's up, Familia? We are here to discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania post-credit scenes. Because, as I alluded to on Twitter, it's kind of a very succulent X-Men <laughs> Easter egg. I don't know if I would say succulent. I'm just drunk off of wine, as per usual. But we have that very lad on the podcast again to help dissect these post-credit scenes and talk a lot you know, some some marvel stuff what's up let lad what's up day spring how's it going it's good would you describe these post-credit scenes as succulent <laughs> not in the uh no no because i know where you're going with it uh with your x-men spin and all i think you are barking up a tree that is not I was going to say going to deliver on like I just made up an expression there didn't I it, I don't yeah wait what was the I think, expression I you just made up well I was going to say you're barking up at the wrong tree and I was, and then I was going to say something that doesn't deliver so you're barking up a tree that's not going to deliver to you so there I, first of all the, A the new expression. that is our new mantra here at Power of X-Men and secondly I have no defense against against that shade because like <laughs> I agree with you I don't think they are going to deliver but I also think though given the current landscape in the MCU and all of us are so excited for the X-Men to like come in into the MCU. I think seeing the, the, that first post-credit scene, there is something there and it's a nod to, I don't think it's a deliberate nod, but I think these are characters that have appeared before and have a very rich presence in X-Men history. How about that? How about that? Sure. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think we probably need then for the listeners to kind of explain what we're talking about because we're dancing around the subject of the variant Kangs and the one specifically related to Apocalypse. Do you want to fill people in on? Yeah. So this is your official spoiler warning, Familia. Hit pause. You know, we will <laughs> yeah, spoilers we'll here. Said- <laughs> I feel like, listen. Listen, if you're listening to this episode, which is going to be titled something like post-credit scene of Ant-Man and Marvel fatigue, spoilers for the rest of the conversation here. But you know you're you're clicking to like some spoiler territory. But anyways, we are going to discuss the post-credit scenes for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That's it. Hit pause if you haven't seen it. If not, here we are. So to describe what happens after... Kang the Conqueror is defeated by the Wasp and Ant-Man. He is seemingly dead, and we get a post-credit scene, mid-credit scene, where the other Kangs are sort of celebrating that he's dead, and among them are Ramatut, who is a very big figure in the X-Men history, Immortus, who has some ties to X-Men, and 
listen, I I didn't know this. This is other people telling me this. So do not come for our tracks if we are wrong. But the third Kang is Scarlet Centurion Kang. And then it pans out to a whole like arena of Kangs and it's the Council of Kangs and stuff like that. So we are going to dissect that right now. On the third one, I'm with you. I had no idea who it was. I need to research. I knew Immortus. I knew Ramatut. Um, who would? One. Who would know Scarlet Centurion Skang? I keep saying Skang. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Kang. Who would know that? It's a little niche. It's. A, I mean, maybe if you're a big Kang stan. Are there big Kang stands out there that know all the different variants? I mean, I, I went into a whole before filming this, um, researching all of them. And there are so many variant Kangs, to be honest, actually, in this article that I read. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, the Scarlet Centurion is uh, based off of Doctor Doom. So the I think the history of that one is at some point in some time stream, he met Doctor Doom, clearly got inspired because Doctor Doom is the single greatest Marvel character. So of course he would be. Uh, and then basically created himself a cheap kind of... Uh, Ultra ego based on Doctor Doom. First of all, I love how shady you are. You're so fucking shady. You're like a cheap version. (laughs) Well, is he? I mean, come on. Like any version of Kang is a cheap version of Doctor Doom. Okay, so here's the thing. That is for another podcast. Yeah, I'm here for that. Let's that's a future episode from Elia. Okay, so Scarlet Centurion. He apparently, you know, with Kang and his timeline, like, he may or may not be related to Doctor Doom. So, at the time, he crossed paths with a Doctor Doom and was very inspired by his look. And this is following everything that happened in Rise of Apocalypse, where he was Ramatut. So, he donned this, like, red armor that's very, very reminiscent of Doctor Doom. I don't know much about the story apart from that. I did read on the Wikipedia's that this was like a time traveler like story where he pitted, you know, the Avengers against alternate versions of themselves and like redid history and all of that. That actually sounded really fucking baller to me. I loved it. I hope this is Scarlet Centurion in that post credit scene. He did not look very Doom ish to me. I don't know who Doctor Doom no. is supposed to look like in the MCU, but it's certainly not that. And he also had a British accent, if I remember correctly, which you would know something about. Well, right? you, I mean, if you're going to be a villain, inevitably you got to develop a British accent, right? I think. It what is it about it. British accents that are so villainous? They're just, I don't know, they just sound like a Bond villain, right? I guess that's <laughs> probably where it comes from. It's hot, really sexy. But so we, he was there and it was fine. And like yeah. we can read into that the potential and the wealth of the story that, that that could have sort of come out of that. But for me, it's the other two that I loved. Yeah. And oh, yes. one of them is Ramatut. And I'm sorry, like I'm gonna disagree with you. I think I, it is a very succulent Easter egg, given that we have Kang Dynasty coming up and yep. Secret Wars. So right. if you're gonna let's assume okay. I want to say this correctly. I don't want to say this like incorrectly. Let's assume that the writers are on their A game and they're going to lean into the idea of Ramata, who is this, you know, Kang variant at the end of Ant-Man. They're going to want to tackle Apocalypse, Ancient Egypt and all that stuff. So I think the problem is the overarching story then for the MCU becomes quite convoluted at this point. And you've got, a character like Kang, which, like, I'll argue, unless you're a comic book 
kind of stan and nerd like if you're just a casual marvel fan you're you're probably not going to know who he is to be honest and then you get alternate versions of him which makes it even more niche and then you get the ramatut with the history of apocalypse like they haven't even introduced the x-men into the marvel universe yet like i think you are grasping at straws thinking that they're going to do anything with no that. no you are so wrong okay wait first of all a i don't disagree with you on it being too convoluted but at this point they are being very convoluted like i i sort of measure how people can like understand the mcu and how like the mcu is doing by like some of my IRL bro friends, shout out to Phil, who I know listens to the podcast, and my dad, who does not even know I do a podcast nor cares. But if they don't understand the storyline, they're not going to fully grasp it. So I was trying to explain Kang to them. I was like, do you remember at the end of Loki, he who remains? Well, he is a villain in this one. And they were like, yeah, bro, but he died at the end of Loki. It's a very earnest response. They don't understand like the entirety of the, the multiverse and stuff like that. So I think Marvel is failing in that regard, A. But B, I think like we're already like at this point in the in the MCU where we were too knee deep into this multiverse saga. I'm not disagreeing that people aren't going to be able to grasp the idea of those variants and stuff like that, but I think since we're already there, they're already going to introduce, you know, Apocalypse as the first mutant. First mutant being the operative word here, especially since they want to start diving into the to 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 the history of mutants in the Marvel Universe. I I don't know. I, I can see Kang Dynasty introducing another like little Easter egg a la Namor or Namor and Miss Marvel. The only thing like so I, I will respectfully Sorry. disagree with you. <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> um, fine. Because, because, okay, so think of it this way, right? You've got to, let's say, through the secret wars and the incursions and the, the collapse of the multiverse and different worlds are coming together, and that's how they bring the X-Men in, um, or even if they don't. However, regardless of how it is that they, they kind of introduce into the MCU, I think the reality is they're not going to spend time um, highlighting a a villain who won't realistically probably be even the main villain, right? Like if 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 none of the X Men are in the MCU yet, they're probably going to start with the classics, you know, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, um, the Magneto as the villain. Um, and if it wasn't Magneto, I'd argue that based on what's going on in the comics and the kind of popularity, they'll take Mister Sinister before they're going to do Apocalypse. Okay, but no, listen, I'm not saying Apocalypse is going to be introduced as a villain or anything, but I feel like if we're going to do Kang Dynasty and we're going to do Secret Wars, we're going to have this version of Kang. I, I, I don't know how to like translate what I'm thinking into words right now, but it's like they're going to they're going to show Kang's history and maybe he traveled in the past because that is a huge part of his like history in the comic books that he travels to like ancient Egypt. He's in search of Ensabanor who would become Apocalypse and then fails miserably goes to the goes to the 616 present and tries to, you know, take on the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, etc. and then goes to the future becomes, you know, grooms his past self to be Iron Lad. It's such a convoluted history but I, I feel that they're going to try to streamline in the MCU. And part of that streamlining is going to include his search for the first mutant. And then in secret wars, since it's going to presumably be an amalgamation of all these different worlds, maybe he'll just throw in like a Pokemon. He'll just throw in like apocalypse. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 and it will be 
Wolverine versus Apocalypse or Captain America versus Apocalypse. I don't know, but I feel that there is a potential for a writer who's far more talented than I am to figure this out. But listen, Latvian lad, I cannot, I cannot be a contrarian because I agree with you. I don't think the MC right now is. Do you, do you know you, okay? Do you know what you might get? And it's not succulent. It's like <laughs> a drop of water in a puddle in the Sahara after you've been like stranded there for weeks. So this is you might get a flashback to Ramatut, and on the wall. You know, some super fan is going to zoom in, and you'll see like in a hieroglyphics, like on Sabanur or something like that. You're like, so fucking I think, shady. I hate you so much. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what's going to happen. That is the level of which. Yeah, and and here's the reason why too. Like, if they did actually introduce apocalypse like that, don't you find that then that kind of cheapens the ability to use him in the future for X Men movie in the MCU? Right. Like, you don't want to introduce him as some like sidekick or secondary afterthought to Kang when Apocalypse actually is like a major threat and could, you know, right, right, done right, 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 done right in a movie, be quite a cool villain. Right. But they're not fine. I mean, listen, I can't argue with that. I mean, X-Men Apocalypse, though, a lot of our familia does love X-Men Apocalypse. I don't think it was. I, don't, very I didn't, I didn't well dislike done. him. I don't think it was. I disliked it. I, I, I outwardly uh, have said, Especially, I'm sorry, Nerd Alert. I love you so much, Jason. Can't wait to see a wonder gone. But <laughs> X Men Apocalypse sucked. It sucked. It was terrible. I think I think it was possible. And and, and I will say, do you know, what I, I I like um, the costuming and the special effects for how they did Apocalypse. I actually think it looked really good, and I'm glad it was kind of like comic-ish accurate. I mean, you're not going to have like the big A on his belt, right? Like, you, you, obviously, it's it's got to be a little modernized for the screen. But I, I think he looks pretty cool, right? But they picked up X Men Apocalypse with just Apocalypse being revived in the modern world. Yes, we had a flashback and stuff like that. So I think if you nod his, give a nod to his history in like Kang Dynasty, where you know Kang is after Nathaniel Richards is yeah. after the firstborn mutant. You know, I'm forgetting what Ensabonor means. It's supposed to be like first light or something like that. And you nod it, then you can set him up for a future MCU project without having to dive into his very convoluted backstory. Is all I'll say. Listen, I think at the end of Atman and the Wasp Quantumania, I think Kang the Conqueror is dead. I have gotten into rigorous debates with people on the Instagram about it. I think it was pretty clear that he was defeated and all the other Kangs are happy. I think the main thread is going to be this Council of Kings, whether they zone or zone hone in on, you know, the Centurion or, or, you know, or, or Ramatut remains to be seen. Like, are they going to follow through with this thread? Or are they going to just go another way or another route? Just, you know, what, what are we supposed to take away from the scene is probably what I don't know. To be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed in the sense that, the Kang that was in Quantumania is, for all intents and purposes, the Kang that most people, like, that our comic book people will know, right? Like, that look, the costume. Um, and I'm, now that he's gone, and I, I kind of agree with you, like, I, I think he is gone. I think that the villains will be the Council of Kang. Um, they're just, like, I don't know, it just, it just seemed more epic. It was more on par with Thanos to have the kind of classic Kang the Conqueror, whereas now we've got three villains that you know 
you need they're 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 all niche like let's be honest right and you're gonna have three niche villains hold up the franchise so i don't know well here's let's- the thing this, this is what i don't understand you have jonathan majors killed it as yeah. as oh, absolutely yeah. I, I don't know how anyone seeing a cut of this film wasn't like jonathan majors is absolutely phenomenal. I think the original ending for this movie, from what I've ascertained from Reddit and like scoopers in the scooper community, was that it was supposed to end with Kang and Ant-Man trapped in the quantum realm. I get it why they would update it because that's a little too much of a homage or reminiscent of what happened at the end of Ant-Man 2 and, you know, Endgame, etc. But fact of the matter is man like you defeated kang once again this is a second kang you have introduced and he's died kang is not a really big threat here in the mcu he who remains was killed by sylvie and this kang was killed by wasp ant-man and a smart ant and ants i'm sorry that is that is just graceful. If you're going to tell me that this character is supposed to have killed Thor, he, he can't even remember that he killed Thor. He's here like, which one are you again? Are you the one with the hammer? Like, this is someone who literally is going like this to the Avengers, you know, flicking the Avengers off one by one. This was disgraceful. This was a disgraceful end to him. If Kang is going to be a major threat, you got it. This Council of Kangs has to deliver. And I guess that's what Kang Dynasty is going to be. I don't know, but I'm excited for Amortis. You know, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he, like, I thought Amortis was cool-ish, but I'm, I'm kind of with you, like, having a conclave of Kangs where it's just like, oh, the, the villain is there's like a thousand of them. Yeah. Like, it's just not as, you know what I mean? It doesn't have the same grip as like, oh, it's Thanos. It's like that one epic big bad that like strikes fear when he appears. And um, But you know what? They do have clever writers sometimes, so like maybe they'll prove us wrong, and maybe you know we'll sit here and however many years it comes out, and I, I, I would, <laughs> and love I'll to be, be going like, man, I did not sell that apocalypse content coming. I'm super <laughs> shocked. <laughs> Spring was totally right. I, I, I don't want to say like I'm right on that because like I do feel like you bring up the valid point that maybe it's not succulent. I'm sort of grasping at something that's not there. I 100% am on there with you because I feel like if there's something the MCU recently has shown me is that expect disappointment. <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> wow. I know. I'm sorry. Family, I'm sorry. I hate to be negative, but like I can't in good faith endorse good. I, I need good writing. I don't mind being surprised with the story. I don't mind being wrong. But if the if something is not properly done, I'm going to sort of, you know, like wince at it. I do feel that Ramatut, Centurion, and Mortis were thrown in there because if I truly was an MCU writer, I would not have put Centurion in there. I would have put a younger version of Kang, which is supposed to be Iron Lad, in there. And that ties into Cassie Lang, who has a relationship with him. And yeah. they are... They're, I don't know what they're doing, but they have been planting the seeds for the Young Avengers. No. uh, So I'm so happy you said that because that's exactly what I was going to say is that my hope, the one like hope of all this, even though I'm not excited about multiple Kangs, is if they introduce Iron Lad. Yeah. So you have a version of Kang in the Conclave that starts off bad, is the young version, and then, you know, throughout the, the series, you know, has kind of a hero redemption arc um, and then sets it up to be the final piece of the Young Avengers. And let's see, let's see, that may very well what they end up doing, but 
I, I have to look back on this post credit scene. I have to pause it. Obviously, I don't have a copy of it. So maybe there is a young Iron Lad somewhere in that arena that they pan out to. But as of right now, I didn't see it. And I don't know why you wouldn't focus in on a Iron Lad for something like yeah. that. So, you know, I don't know. The, the MCU, I didn't have a high opinion of, of Ant-Man. Folks had very a variety of opinions what do you, i i know what you yeah. thought but let our okay so why don't, yeah why don't like I'll, I'll give you my thoughts and then we can go into because i know you did the quiz today to get people's view so i i think i put meh was my thought of it like i i sat there and i was not bored you know i sat through the movie being like yeah i'm, I'm entertained um but i described it as like an action movie from the 90s that is a lot of like flash and very little focus on the writing or making or just really cheap quick explanations to things like oh the ads fell through a portal and now they're super smart and we're just going to use that to solve it and you're like okay but that's like it's just a really cop-out way of, of resolving the plot do you know what i mean yeah. um i think michael douglas's dialogue throughout the entire movie was absolute cringeworthy oh it was like, so cringe every, like and and I, okay so i listened to um your review with Michelle. Um, I know you released it like on the Wednesday or something. I because it was spoilery. I didn't only got to see the movie on the Friday. I waited. Um, and did you say like, oh, everybody in your theater was like cheering when he when he made that line going, yeah, he did. oh, but she's not you, baby. And yeah, I sat in my theater going like, that is the worst written line. Like that is so cheese. I I appreciated it from a evolved narrative perspective, which, okay, these characters were married, but they were separated for 30 years and they each had very different needs. I love that, but it was such a cheesy line, but it wasn't even just that one. It was when Michael Douglas arrived with the ants. I forgot what he said. My audience erupted in fucking full blown applause. Everyone. I have to tell you watching the movie with people, they enjoyed it. But I also was questioning whether we were seeing the same movie or not. Because <laughs> well, actually, like the same thing. Like, so I went to see with my friends here, and I'll call them critical nerds. You know, the type that we could sit after a movie and be like, uh, actually, on page forty-two of the comic book, uh, he was yeah. wearing a red glove instead of a purple glove, like that type of thing. And they all really liked it. Um, so I kind of felt being the one like, oh, and usually I'm I'm quite easy to please. I think so. I was like, oh, am I am I the one that's crazy in this that thought it was just kind of okay? Um, no, you're not crazy because any, sorry, no offense to your critical nerds or any of our familia, <laughs> but the only defense I have seen for Ant-Man has been, oh, it's not as bad as Thor, Love and Thunder, or it was not as bad as people are saying. That's not a defense of a movie. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's not, the script is a blockbuster script. It is meant to entertain and entertain it does. But if you're paying close attention to what they're saying and and sort of the the dialogue that's happening a lot of this does not make sense and you're telling me that ant-man is able to defeat kang wasp is able to defeat kang super smart ants i don't care how many centuries they have been in the quantum realm are able to defeat kang no sorry thank you no thank you next like this is like kang should be this movie should have ended with kang breaking free into yeah. the MCU and everyone wetting themselves. And the fact that Paul Rudd's like, oh, I'm so nervous. Maybe something bad is going to happen. Okay, fine. Call Talk the Avengers. The, call the Avengers. Yeah. It's a very... 
call Captain Marvel. Yeah. Call call Doctor Strange. These are people who could like really are are above your power level, Paul Rudd. So I just thought that was it. I thought it was um here's a, here's my problem with the movie. It was an upfront to my intelligence. And I love being spoken up to. I love understanding or watching movies that I don't really fully understand and I have to go out and figure it out. This one I felt like I was watching a movie for five-year-olds. And again, I will cite the Baskin Robin scene in the realm, the storm of possibilities, probabilities. Like, no, it's up until that point that probably different yeah. probabilities will happen, which I think is very beautiful. I mean, you can think about it. He could probably was it you I was talking to? Forgot who I was talking to about it. But they were like, "What if they showed an a, a, a scene where he saw a future where Kang succeeds and gives him that time back with his daughter? That would be beautiful. That that is the bleeding heart of the movie. And no, instead we get a Baskin and Robbins gag, which is like that doesn't make any sense. Why would he, as Baskin Robbins, be there when it's supposed to be up until that moment? It. I'm a I'm a smart read I'm a smart reader I'm a smart viewer why did you do it anyways sorry we're going tangent on it but I thought I'm well not keep that thought because I think that I think that for me is going to be a lot of like my opinion in the second thing that we want to cover which is like the Marvel fatigue which is around that um, okay so let's making things silly for the sake of being silly the one can I just have my one last gripe on, no, on that of Matt? course you can it have was, as many um, the trope <laughs> I just kept thinking so. Like, I love Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie. I thought she was good. Um, but what really killed me is that trope of like, oh, I couldn't tell you what was going on. And I can't tell you. And I'm doing this protecting. I'm like, girl, you're already in the quantum realm. Like, they're already there. You're not protecting anybody from anybody. Like, give the information. Now is the time to tell people what's going on. But also, like, you, you were trapped in the quantum realm for 30 years. Wouldn't you be really triggered going back? There's nothing wrong with showing a character triggered and upset about the situation she's like i know what i'm supposed to do we're gonna get this done you know blah 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 no it's okay but like i don't know it felt a little too easy that she just like kind of like weaseled back in to not weasel but like you know like went back in yeah, yeah. Said, no problem but anyways so we did pull our community here and we yes. asked a couple of questions. let's see oh, let's I'm... go into it so we asked did you watch quantumania this weekend and this is what I thought was interesting. We are, you can't see it here, but it's 50-50 no. divided. We okay. had 1017 votes, so 1017 votes, and it's right down the middle. You know, uh 50% voted yep and 50% voted nope or no. I don't know. I think for a Marvel movie, people should have shown up for that. Like I know well, especially like you know, the sample size of your community is a representative sample of nerds right it's like yeah. so you would expect that they would probably go see it opening weekend mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree so. well i mean because like think about something like endgame and again it was the way the mark the movie was being marketed which is like this is the definitive you know movie you get yeah. to see the avengers return but so we we asked what did you think of it 36 percent of people said it was great 44% said it was okay. And 21% said it was bad. And I think 65% of it, not being able to say that this was a really great movie speaks for itself. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. 65% saying it's not great. Mm. Mm, but that's like, like, Hey, from a management consultant point of view, take the middle and top one and go, actually, how many people said a positive thing about it? <laughs> 
the majority of people thought Jonathan Majors and Michelle Pfeiffer as their respected characters, Kang and Jenna Van Dyme, thought they were great. I mean, again, like 81%, 83% in the case of Jonathan Majors. They, they were really happy with it. Um, Paul Rudd was coming in at 69% in terms of how people were happy with him and his performance. Hope got 35% approval. Mm, well, yeah, I don't know. She like she didn't really do much in the movie, did she? It was Michelle Pfeiffer's movie. It was Michelle Pfeiffer's movie. I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer is a wasp we deserve. Again, I think she should be a founding member of the Avengers. She should be in all future Avengers movie. She Michelle Pfeiffer just has this star quality about her. I mean, that's just Michelle Pfeiffer okay, walks into a room. You think she's going to own it. I'm going to, how's this? I've got a better idea than her being the wasp. Secret Wars, incursions, different dimensions. Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer as Catwoman, bring her back. DC well, Marvel crossover. I mean, that is the that is the person we deserve is Michelle Pfeiffer back as Catwoman. I think it's insulting. So for the Flash, I don't think she's going to show up as Catwoman in the Flash. Sidebar: uh, Every scooper has said she has not been asked to return. I I hope I'm wrong. I hope they like edit the movie and insert her. But every person that I followed sort of DM'd about like apparently she is not going to appear in in the Flash, and she should appear as Catwoman. I would love a DC Marvel crossover. If anyone's going to make it happen, it's now that we have James Gunn over at DC and maybe Kevin Feige is going to be desperate enough given how much. I mean, I don't think they will because I mean, I wouldn't touch a DC movie with a 10 foot pole if I was making. Wait, bitch, what was the last DC movie you saw? Have you seen them? Uh, ooh, what was what? What's I did not see Black Adam, and I didn't even watch on the plane. That's how bad. Like I was on two eleven-hour flights recently, and I didn't even choose it to watch. I, did, I was like, I'm just going to sleep instead. Um, <laughs> how can so you what, sleep what on a plane though? I can never sleep on a plane. Sidebar. We've tried wine this. and sleeping pills. I don't know. I mean, um, I take red wine and Xanax, and I'm still like up. <laughs> but I haven't been on eleven-hour flights in a minute. What okay, so wait, what, what's the DC movie that's come? Oh, uh, I think wait, Suicide Squad 2 is maybe the Suicide, last one yeah, I saw. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow, that's which was which I, actually, uh, I quite like that movie actually. I thought it was quite funny. Have you it seen it? It was like Peacemaker? lighthearted and fun. No, damn, bro, I haven't. Peacemaker is fun, you should see that. I liked it. I do but... like, I, I, that's, I, yeah, I do like John Cena. Okay, He's... so. In terms of Catherine Newton, who was, you know, a recast for Cassie Lang, because it was a different actress who played her in Endgame, 51% said she was fine, 19% said they liked the other actress better, and 29% said she was flawless. Listen, I'm under no preconceived notions about, like, how Hollywood is supposed to work. I get it. Catherine Newton has a certain je ne sais quoi on camera she looks very fun she's rebellious i think she did an okay job i am not a Catherine newton fan i think i liked her in that horror movie reinterpretation of freaky friday where she switches with the serial killer i thought she did a great job but i hated her in big little lies and some of the other things i've seen her in but i was i was okay with her literally I okay with she, her yeah skills. i thought she was like yeah she didn't I, do a bad job had no opinion no she didn't do a bad job like she was perfectly likable as a character um yeah, I don't think I don't think like my criticism with the movie had nothing to do with her. She was perfectly fine. 
Did you know who Bill Murray's character was playing? Which is no idea who it was. No, it's Lord Skylar or something like that. Yeah, I had no idea. Could care less. Bill Murray, though. Two things about Bill Murray. One, I've I've done auction events with him and people straight up ignore him as he's talking it was so awkward i'm like if bill murray can't grab your attention me as an f-list auctioneer certainly cannot and secondly i didn't know he was canceled recently was he what did yeah, he do? Like, uh, did, was it like a hashtag me too thing i don't know if it was me too but like gina davis wrote something and was like bill murray is like weird and like problematic and so like if you look at all of the press photos from the ant-man and wasp quantumania premiere he is not on them and his mm-hmm. role here is severely limited and you would think th- they wouldn't have killed him but like his like again his role like you could have completely edited out that entire part and it would have done nothing to the movie right i agree i agree like it was funny like in the sense of like oh you know, she had she had an affair and like, you know, there was a cute little dialogue there, but like it, it didn't really serve any purpose for the movie. So um. so the overall on a scale of one to ten, I can't really tell. I don't know if that's coming out there, but like he they they got about a six on the power of X-Men Familia here out of four hundred and seventy. Um, I think that's even a bit low, though. Like yeah, I would have given it like seven. a seven. I would have given it a seven. You know, it's not, it's not the worst Marvel. It, it's not as bad as Love and Thunder. Like, it's not a train wreck like that was. Um, I maintain that Love and Thunder was entertaining until the third act. But, like, that's fair. That's fair. I think Love and Thunder is one of those movies that we have to compare a low bar to. But this is getting about a six and a seven. So not, not many people are saying it's perfect, but a lot of people are not saying it's awful. I think that's, I think that's like, the, the, exactly what it was. Okay. Okay. Fair. 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 I I happened to so did I tell you that we had an HOA meeting on what was it Thursday and we had tickets to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania again, literally at the movie theater that's like right there. I'm like pointing at it. It's like right across the street from me. And Jeff and I, after our HOA meeting, which ended early, we're like, Yeah, we're good. We'll just skip it and like go somewhere. And we didn't even get a refund for our tickets. We're like, it's fine. We want to support the movie, but we don't want to see it again. So we haven't seen, we didn't see it twice for a Marvel movie, bro. Like we go to these all the time. Um, Do you, do you really, do you watch movies twice in theater? I do. Like if it's a Marvel movie, I do not like anything else. Let me turn on the light because it's getting like really dark here. Um, Not for like anything else, but like, for like Marvel movies, yeah, we we have certainly gone and seen them multiple times. I think Guardians of the Galaxy we saw three times. I think Winter Soldier we saw three times. Endgame we at least saw three times. Like we really enjoyed oh. it. Yeah, do I you not? I don't rewatch. No, but I'm like, but I also like I don't rewatch shows. I don't typically rewatch movies, and I don't reread books. And I know like a lot of people do, and people think it's really weird. But like, I just, I I think because. I don't, especially with TV, I don't watch a lot of TV that like, there's so much stuff that, I'm, that I have on my list that I need to watch that I'll never like get around to doing. So I'm not going to start rewatching things that I've already watched. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense. I, I feel there are some things that like certain like general fans will rewatch again over and over again. I think, did you ever read New X-Men, Grant Morrison's New X-Men? Yeah, when, like, what is that when they... They're wearing uh, like the black leather during that time. 
No, I was I didn't read that then. No. Okay. Well, I, I find a lot of like X-Men readers always reread Grant Morrison's new X-Men. I feel Messiah Complex is one of them. MCU movies, I feel, is one of them. And Battlestar Galactica as well. I feel like a lot of people revisit Battlestar Galactica. I have a lot of friends that revisit Buffy. And Buffy. Buffy, and like, yes! And I'm, there a, we go. I'm a huge, huge Buffy fan. But I don't think I could sit there and like go through all the seasons. Okay, it's so... It's a huge commitment to sit. I agree. We're getting yeah, off track. 100%. No, we're getting off, off track. But okay, so... We got in some comments. We can't read all. Familia, thank you so much for being so incredibly engaging. I think when I was talking to you, Sean, before we hit record, I was like, we only have 30 comments that came in. We have over 100, 200 That was like an hour ago that it was only I know, man. It's insane, man. Like, people are just, like, going crazy. Um, But let's read some of them here. (laughs) The first one is... Meh. I wonder who said meh. Who said that? That was mine. That was mine. (laughs) Okay. Best part from from Merboy Tears. Best part of the movie was Jimmy Woo having a meal with Scott and doing the card trick. Sure. When did that happen? It was like in the beginning montage, bitch. I don't even remember. (laughs) Yes. Jimmy Woo was there. They did the card trick. I think Jimmy Woo is deserving of more than just a card trick at this point but anyways um it was from merboy tears again it was all right at best worst of the ant-man franchise modok and kang seemed weak oh my god we didn't even discuss modok I, I but you've already done with michelle i'm not gonna get into it you've already recorded that but like i thought how, it was garbage I thought the, it was the cgi was garbage, garbage. And, it was garbage and, yeah. i literally almost watched i was so sean i let very land i was so angry <laughs> I literally almost got up and left the movie yeah, after it was, seeing it was, it was pretty bad. It was an insult. I'm sorry. It's an insult to my intelligence. I think that's how I would sum up my feelings for Ant-Man. An insult to my intelligence. Okay. What are, what are the good comments? Dr. Remy LeBeau, who we love very much, says this movie should have been called Kang Mania and just have been about him. Agreed. 100% Agreed. agree. Yeah. 100% agree. Would have been a lot more interesting. Why did how they... good would actually actually how good would a series be Jonathan Major as King as um, Nathaniel Richards basically finding the technology in the future like some sort of you know origin story that that I could get behind. We get another comment from Alexi, who's a very very awesome community member here at Power of Axemen. Why did they kill this version of Kang? Kang the Conqueror or the Conqueror can't be beaten so easily. I agree with that. We were t- kind of touch base. Yeah. We said the script desperately needed polishing, and those poor VFX artists. Yeah, yeah, fair. yeah. I'm not good. Well, no, no, not fair. Not fair. I think that the movie is other than Modok. I think the movie was actually quite visually impressive. I mean, Modoc does eclipse anything nice you can say about the VFX. But I agree with you. Like. I think it was Paul Rudd who like met with the Marvel team and he was here like, and he was given concept art and he was here like, Oh, this is so beautiful. And they were like, actually, these aren't even concept arts. This is actually Microsoftic microscopic views of miniature worlds, you know, like dust particles and stuff like that. So like in, in fairness to them, they did their homework, but MODOK was an upfront to 
television yeah. or excuse me <laughs> movie cinema modok cgi was atrocious yes thank you mtlns um david russell says the movie is definitely overhated slash review bombed um well what did it get on rotten tomatoes let's see you know yeah it was it was it was it was rotten it was at like the 50s but then the but the audience score was like 84 percent, and then the cinema score was b at best so here's the thing one a cinema score of b if you follow race grace race grace randolph she talks a lot about how cinema scores need to be b pluses and a minuses and that's sort of how you know that a movie is supposed to be good. A high audience score doesn't necessarily critique the movie, but sort of the mindset of the fandom, which is we want Quantumania to, to succeed. We want to see multiple versions of King. The review bomb is like, this was just not well done and well written, which is what I would agree with. I, I'm not yeah. trying to take away goodwill to this film. I just want to be very clear. Not trying to take away goodwill from the film. However... I think if you look at the writing, if you look at some of the things it's trying to do, it fails miserably. It's not like really well done. Do you know what? Okay, this is the issue I kind of have with it is that if it was a standalone movie and Ant-Man was more self-contained, I would have been like, you know what? It's fine. Like, it's a bit silly. It was exciting. You know, it was entertaining. My issue is that they're using that as a springboard for what I'll call like the, the, the flagpole pillar franchise of like the Avengers movies, Kang will be the center of the MCU as the villain. And I just think as like as the springboard for that, it wasn't as powerful as it could have been. Agreed. Agreed. I, I just again in thinking of that power, I think you should have ended this movie with Kang breaking free from the quantum realm and Earth now being susceptible to him. I think people would have shit their pants. I think yeah people would have enjoyed it much more. I don't know why they played a safe ending. Like for me, seeing that ending, that montage of him walking through San Francisco, the only thing I could think of was, oh, when they, they're reusing the shots or like B-roll that they grabbed the Paul Rudd when they filmed the initial scenes of him walking through San Francisco. They did nothing bold or innovative with that, is what I would say. Okay. Well, I kind of thought like, you know, when he's like, oh, or did, did we stop him? Da, da, da. Like, could it would have been cool if, like, he you realize he they didn't and he got out, and then, like, you know, right, it ends like, on like all hell breaks loose because, right, at the unbirthday, one of the servers is Kang again. But why yeah. are we, why are we giving them these ideas? These are the, these writers should know more again, like, and even talking about the post credit scene with Loki, which we have not discussed like an hour into this, we have like. Why why didn't Loki appear in this? Why didn't they attempt like when 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 Kang was having that moment talking about the multiverse and everything he's been through, why didn't he say something to the effect of the multiverse is broken here? What occurred in Loki carried through to what happened with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man in No Way Home to what the witch was trying to do in Multiverse of Madness to where we're at right now. It makes zero sense that they didn't try to at least connect the dots. It's left up to the viewer to connect the dots in a very nebulous way. And again, we have that post-credit scene with them in the 1920s with Victor Timely. Is that I think that's yeah, yeah. alternate ego there? 
finding him and that's fine that's a great tease but i i dare say it should have been in the movie proper it should given that kang was introduced in the loki series i mean i agree with all that we probably don't have time to unpack (laughs) so okay um so uh gravel road cosplay who we love very much said i didn't watch the first two movies in the theater and i'm not planning on watching the third (laughs) Fair. You're not an Ant-Man fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, these movies have not delivered. Ant-Man movies traditionally haven't delivered to the level of the other. I, I don't know. I quite liked like Ant-Man Two is really good, and like I love Paul Paul Rudd. Like even if he always just plays Paul Rudd, it's the same as like Ryan Reynolds, right? Like it doesn't matter. They just always play themselves. Yeah, Paul Rudd is adorable. I saw him in Soho once when I was walking through my auction studio, and he was adorable. He was like a nice looking guy, and like looks very happy. Gray Malkinling says, I liked it, exclamation point. Great review. Great. Thank you, Daddy Chad. Like, what did you like about it? Everyone's like, I liked it, but no one wants to defend it. Shade. I love you, Chad. All right. Wings Custom ML says, lots of potential wasted. Why was Hope even in the movie? And the Kang buildup seemed rushed. Um... Was the Kang build-up rush? I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, I agree with the wise hope in the movie. I don't think she did anything other than blast Kang at the end. But. I really do like that scene where she looks at like Paul Rudd as like, I'm going to go after my parents. And it's not because they're like old fogey parents. It's because I said this in our review, but I, I thought that was very lovely. As someone who has moved back home to take care of his parents, I get it. You know, sometimes like, you, you yeah. see your parents as contemporaries and you want to help them. But yeah, she did not serve much of a plot. It This movie is very much Kang's movie, Janet's movie, Scott's movie, yeah. and Cassie's movie. Wasp, Hope Wasp is a second thought at best. Yeah. And Michael Douglas. Same okay. Thing. I'm going to go through, through three more because we, we have a lot here, but some of these are really good. Uh, Joe Tabs says, I still don't understand Kang's motivation. Question mark. Is it pure greed and desire to conquer everything? Yeah. So so here, okay, so listening to your the last episode you did with Michelle, she had the exact same theory that I did, which is kind of like, is Kang actually the villain? Because if he's like, oh, I'm gonna stop all the other ones that are gonna cause shit, and actually he like at the end of this, you find out he's actually the anti-hero and they probably shouldn't have stopped him because he could have stopped the King Conclave. That's what I was thinking, too. Listen, I'm here for it. I just don't have faith in the Marvel writers right now that they could deliver something like that. I I, I don't disagree that that cannot not be a, a future subplot or future like perspective, but I don't... I, I One, I don't believe they're going to revisit Ramatut or Immortus or Centurion... So why would I believe that they're going to pick up this thread of a villain they randomly killed? That's like saying that, you know, Hela was secretly a good person. And no, Marvel has a problem where they're just killing off their villains and we never hear from them again. That's it. And they're good villains. They're fleshed out villains. So I want to agree with you. I want to agree with our IRL God Queen, Michelle, but I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for folks at home. I've had like two glasses of wine and I'm just being like a bitter bitch. But anyways, um, uh, 
TZ Coley says it was shit. I don't disagree. With That's that. a bit rough. And no, I don't think it was shit. It was it was just not like super polished. Spy Kids Quantum Mania says Cassandra Smith. Says what? Say so Ca- Cassandra Smith calls it Spy Kids Quantum Mania. Uh, oh. Yeah. Quantum. Yeah. I've seen that review out there that people were comparing this to Spy Kids. I don't really I can't think of like the connection right now. I don't know if one of the actors was in Spy Kids or something like that. Sure. I, I haven't seen I'm... I think I I saw Spy Kids when yeah. I was. I, was like, I, I think I'm too old to have seen Spy Kids. No, I saw it. No, yeah. bro, 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 bro. I I watched it when I was 19, high as a kite, at like some kind of cinema. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've I've got no idea what it's about. Couldn't tell you a thing about it. So, okay, I'm sure I, it's a good comparison though. We have to end all of these comments, all these feedbacks with our king, Mini Maiden, who says. It's just fun, and people expect it serious because of King. That's fair. Yeah, I think that yeah. is fair. But we that's were expecting a serious. I think that's the, the point I made. Like, if it was just an Atman movie, it's fine to be silly and whatever. But because it's a springboard, I feel like I kind of wanted to be a bit more serious. Yeah, I needed it to be a bit more serious. I get it, like the Marvel humor and stuff like that. It worked in Ragnarok. It's been translating. Thanks to also Guardians and what James Gunn did. But like, I needed this to be a bit more serious. And in fairness, I don't think it was as hokey as Love and Thunder, where I thought that was a little distracting. But anyways, Sean, let me ask you a really very interesting question, which you brought up, which is, do you think there is a Marvel fatigue right now? You... So I've been going back and forth with my opinion on this. So on one hand, I'm still super excited for everything that comes out. I still go see everything that comes out. Um, I think my issue is the, and maybe it's because they're producing so much stuff in such a fast kind of pace, is that it just seems like the quality of stuff is getting a bit sloppy. And I think, like, if I think back to, like, the earlier comic book movies when there was less and the Marvel Universe was kind of just, um, or the MCU in, in kind of the, the film world was a bit more um, in its infancy, it felt like they were writing serious movies, but with comic book characters, if that makes sense. Whereas now I feel like they're just like, oh, let's make a Arnold Schwarzenegger's 90s, lots of explosions, lots of one-liners, um, and call it a day. And yeah. I'm just going, oh, like, look at the quality of, like, Civil War and kind of, you know, the emotion behind that and the the writing. And and I thought that was such a fantastic movie or Winter Soldier. And then you go like, oh, and now we have Love and Thunder where there's a dumpling god, like, you know, and I think and I think it's a bit of, um, yeah, it's just I think that quality is maybe taking a hit. And so for me, it's not that I'm not excited that they produce lots of stuff because i mean i think anybody who grew up you know as a comic book fan like i never would have thought if you rewinded 20 years from now i would have never in a million years thought that we get movies with all these characters that i loved in comic books so you know i'm not going to sit here and put plenty of that um but i would love them to be of the quality of what they were producing you know a few years ago 
All right, yeah. I'm off my soapbox. There you no, go. No, no, long no. Tirade. no, no, no. I thought that was extremely insightful. I want to, I'm like, I thought that was extremely insightful. Anyways, no, what you said is, is very true. Here's the thing. I don't think there is a general fatigue of people who don't want to, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think there's this like, this group of people who want to like push away from like comic books, stories, and narratives. I think we want all we all want this escapism. I just don't think, for whatever reason, it's landing with the general masses. I th- I think Marvel was doing a really good thing with with like Captain America: Civil War, you know, Black Widow, Endgame, Infinity War, Guardians, you know, all of these properties. I think people were resonating with them and enjoying them and consuming them for whatever reason right now, I think the projects are becoming a bit more polarizing. And I think people who are, would generally be a, this like massive fan base that would just like flock to these movies are sort of like shying away from them or hearing things on the secondary conversations here. And they don't want to see it. I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't, I don't want to say I think there's a Marvel fatigue because of the genre, but I want to say there's a Marvel fatigue because these the, the these movies aren't appealing to just a general audience. You know what I mean? However, that is supposed to be executed. I went into Ant-Man and the Wasp thinking that this was going to be an essential movie. And I was like, this was a waste of time. And I was angry. I was literally sitting there angry over this movie, you know? It's like, well, like similar to Doctor Strange, right? Like we all went in expecting, and and I know you you've spoken a lot about it on a lot of different episodes. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick a dead horse or be, beat a dead horse. Beat a dead horse. Screw up know. all the the yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're missing a lot of the tricks with some of these things. And like you said, like this one felt inconsequential even though we're supposed to set up all the king stuff and like it, it does it I don't, does ultimately but this is my issue in, in the comic books way. i'm sorry to interrupt you this is my issue yeah, in, in the comics which is tell a simple story you can tell a simple story and people will still be very excited about it again you ended this movie with kang breaking free arriving on earth Everyone knows what's to come. Kang Dynasty is going to be the next movie you have to see. This one, like, what? Like, Kang dies again because Wasp, Ant-Man, and super smart ants, like, defeat him? You know, like, I'm tired of Marvel trying to be too Marvel-y, you know, with their humor, with their twists and stuff like that. Just tell a straight-up story. Kang is now broken free. This is a Kang that was referred to in the Loki series. He's going to blow shit up. Kang Dynasty will happen. You can bring in as many councils of Kings as you want, and then you do Secret Wars, and then he's defeated, and then you go into your next big story. There's nothing wrong with that level of predictability. We all knew what was happening when Thanos was assembling the Infinity Stones. We knew Thanos was going to get all the stones and was going to snap away half the universe. And what really made people excited was at the end of Infinity War, and this is the thing that drives me nuts, the Infinity War was not originally supposed to end with half the heroes dying, right? They were going to save that for Endgame. But they ended up taking that risk and doing it. It paid out for them. Similarly, they should have done something big like this. Like, you cannot... This movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, you can skip it. 
You do not need to watch this movie to understand what's going to happen in the other movies. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. If it would have ended with Kang breaking free, it would have been like, holy shit. You know, people need to watch this movie to understand what's going to happen in Kang Dynasty. But as of right now, the two versions of Kang we have gotten have both been killed. So, like, who cares? I think it's kind of the the issue that I hear that a lot of people have sometimes with the comics that Marvel did, which was it's one event after the other, and you kind of need to you know, buy a million issues from, you know, the, you don't just follow the Avengers. You need to follow the Avengers and the X-Men and, and, you know, Nova and this and that and all these things to get, like, the the full view of the event. And I think maybe that's a bit of an issue that they're doing with the movies is they're making everything try to be too connected where you almost need only, like, a few pillar films to connect to the main, let's say, Avengers will always be kind of the... the um, the main ones um and you don't necessarily need everything to connect to each other and i would like and that way people don't don't necessarily feel like they need to watch everything um you know more run-of-the-mill fans that are only interested in kind of like the big big heroes can stick to the big movies and then they could maybe be a bit more um i don't know in like different with the with kind of the side projects like like WandaVision for example was so good like I thought it like the concept of it was super original I thought the execution was so good um like they could take more risks like that because it's not necessarily affecting the main storyline of the universe does that make sense but let them ex- affect the main storyline of the universe is, is the only contrarian like point I have like I don't understand why they're so afraid to get messy and stuff like that. But to your point, though, about like these bazillion like tie-ins you have to read for crossovers in the comics. I mean, I've said this countless times already. It, it, it baffles me that Dark Web had not finished and then Sins of Sinister had begun, has begun. And then we know we're going to get a Hellfire Gala this summer and we're going to get Fall of Axe. Like, there's a little too many crossovers happening here. Like they need to like pump the brakes a little bit, let stories marinate. Because again, I think what Marvel slash Disney is failing to understand is that people invest in the characters, not the plot. You know, the plot yeah. can be anything. The plots, plots, when you look at, when, when you think of narratology, when you dissect different types of plots, it's like windows, bro. Like you only have A, B, C, and D. In terms of what kind of plots you can do, what matters is how you care about the characters, the the rapport, the reader, the viewer has with these characters. So, again, like I don't, it it, it evades me that they would go for shock value of something like Kang dying, and then you're going to have another variant of Kang because oh, ooh, they're not going to expect that. It's like no, let us care about this version of Kang, yeah. be it predictable, you know. Let's still see it. What what are the motives behind him? Again, I love what you and our IRL God Queen Michelle think, which is like maybe he was the anti-hero in this situation. Like I told her, and I will tell you, I don't think there's enough evidence in the movie to support that. I'm happy to be thrown a curveball. But I, I, again, I think we shouldn't even be having this conversation. We should be having a conversation about what was told to us and dissecting that rather than us pulling something out of than air you know what i mean yeah the other the other issue i've You're like got... i'm done with you you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> not at all the other the other point i was gonna make is uh, I'd, I'd be curious to see if you agree with me is i think the success of guardians of the galaxy which i loved original Guardians of the galaxy oh, planted a seed 
that was okay let's make ev- like like lighthearted um with a soundtrack that feels out of place but is quirky and fun and um almost like complete polar opposite of the problem that dc has which everything is dark and gritty impossible to see and you know um it's like you know and then you saw in ragnarok which i thought was a really great movie and, and a really great execution of it which is like the combination of funny a bit of lightheartedness but serious and now they're like it's almost like they keep going like oh this is working let's let's crank it one more gear one more gear one more gear and now you're getting all these movies and all these tv shows that are a bit like they're just too silly and I, i'm i'm missing some of the grit and some of the seriousness of some of the earlier stuff um like i mean I would go off on a rant on Thor: Love and Thunder if you had all the time in the world. I mean, I could. We can revisit that. We can to... do a rewatch. Yeah, we can do a rewatch for it. And I, can I just say, I was actually like listening. I was I was at the gym the other day listening to a back catalog. Of, oh, shocker! You were um, at the gym. Power of X Men, like, um, and I um was listening to your review of um Love and Thunder you did with like um a few other people, and I was like. At the end, of the people are like, "Yeah, I give it an eight on ten and nine on 10. I was, I was so angry at the gym listening to how high people rated this movie. Um, I don't hate, I don't anyway. hate the first two thirds of Love and Thunder for the record, but it, it's not age well. That's another thing that we have to sort of think about when we're looking at, and this is something again because there's no training for being a podcaster or you know spearheading conversations about like Marvel. Here's the thing, like. Certain stories as they're being told, you know, they may not land well, but maybe they age better or the inverse of that. Maybe you have a nicer review of something, but it does not age well. I've said this countless times on the podcast. I hated House of M when it was published in 2005. I thought that was a terribly written story. I think if you read it right now, it is a terribly written story. However, it has aged very well because there's a lot of hype because yeah. they had really good positioning in the, uh, in the Marvel canon and people want to see it in the MCU. So you have to kind of look at these stories as like puzzle pieces and where do they fit in the larger narrative? Sometimes in the moment, they, it looks like they fit or it looks like they don't and you're wrong the next day. But Love and Thunder, I think if you're just watching a popcorn movie, I think the first two thirds of it are really good and you forget about it after you leave. But no, you shouldn't have to forget about it because this is a franchise that needs to endure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so. think I think too my criticism, like because Thor is definitely one of my favorite franchises in the MCU. The fact, like, I think I had a high bar, and then mm-hmm. it, because it was so like disappointed and did not live up to it, that's why uh, for me it sings more than Ant Man. But let's not spend too much time on Love. But I maintain though, in, in the spirit of this conversation, though. I don't think Ant-Man, the people who are defending Ant-Man saying it's not that bad, which again, I don't think is a proper, you know, defense on this. I think we're going to forget about Ant-Man. You know, unfortunately, there are a lot of like MCU movies that have been pretty okay, but we have largely forgotten about them. So, you know, not just honest. That's, I think that's my, kind because if you look at the like recent year, let's say call it 18 months wakanda forever was fantastic loved it very little credit i mean one really really good moral movie what other one has stood out to you as like being great so wakanda forever was my favorite you know phase four i i thought it was really well done the only thing i'm gonna say to be a contrarian because we had to be a contrarian it did not even 
touch $900 million. Like it should have made a billion dollars, you know, sorry to say, I, I wish it would have done a bit better, but I feel like no one talks about Wakanda forever at all. And it was a good movie. I mean, and Namor, like the conversation, like kept going on about Namor, you know, in the X-Men stand community, but like Black Panther came and went and like the original Black Panther, people talked about it for years. Yeah. But I don't know why, like I see that boggles my mind because I thought it was really good. I don't know. I mean, maybe there is a fatigue. Maybe there is a general fatigue with, with well, also do because you're probably you're probably like going on to the next movie, right? You're yeah. like, oh, great, it's over. Like I've got two weeks till Ant Man comes out, and I've got the TV show that came out, and I need to watch that and catch up on this. And um, so it probably does have something to do with maybe the quantity of stuff they're putting out. But equally, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn because like at the same time, I'm really excited like that you're getting to see a lot of different characters, and you know, not everything will be to my taste, but you know. Could yeah. you imagine the person that is the biggest Moon Knight stan and is like, you know, getting to sit at home and go, God, this character that, you know, not many people know that you love, that you never thought would see the silver screen is now has a TV show. I listen. I love Oscar Isaac. I we reviewed Moon Knight over at Masters of Comic Books with Cole L. Shout out to Cole. I did not think it was good. My memory of watching Moon Knight because I was covering it and we had Jed McKay, who's a writer for Moon Knight on the podcast is very lovely, but Moon Knight was terrible. And, you know, we've dissected it it before on the podcast. And I just, I looked at it and I was like, ah, like I have personal good memories of watching it, but like, I didn't think it was well done. We don't need to get into others. You know what I thought was a really good show that just did not get the credit it deserved was Miss Marvel. I thought Miss Marvel was so good. If you read the comic books, the OG comic books, Miss Marvel was absolutely phenomenal. What's the timing? Like, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see is like what came out at the same time mm-hmm. as Miss Marvel. So was there another Marvel show or what, or like, um, did it compete at the same time as like Lord of the Rings or House of Dragons when they came out? Like it could be that. Do you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of big franchise yeah. drops this year that had a lot of hype. Um, so yeah, could- Grace Randolph or- over at Beyond the Trailer dissects all the Nielsen like streaming numbers and stuff like that. And Miss Marvel just wasn't up there with whatever was happening at the time. But it was a really good show, and it was supposed to set up the MCU and stuff like that. And it baffles me that something like that did not resonate but in fairness i don't think there was you know miss marvel i know there there are always going to be haters especially now where we're at in the conversation but it did not inspire the same conversations we've had for something like ant-man for she hulk for eternals those seem to be extremely polarizing conversations but I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's a if it's a fatigue, if it's people becoming angrier online, if people bringing different like perspectives that are toxic. I don't know what it is anymore. Well, I mean, we are in 2023, so the internet is very polarizing just on everything, right? Like know, we're in yeah. a world where you can just kind of spew your opinion. And um, I mean, look, we're doing it right here, right? We're giving our opinions. But um, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe I think maybe because in the past, if you were a Marvel fan and, you know, there's what, maybe two movies a year, I will kind of say they're probably better quality than some of the stuff they're putting out now. <clears throat> you 
you didn't have as much choice. So all the fans are going to be like, yeah, it was good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy that it came out. I'm, it fulfilled my my need to watch something superhero. Whereas now we almost like, it's almost like gluttony. Like you have so much choice that you're almost like, oh. Well, yeah, that's fair. I don't disagree good, with you on that. Um, so what would you like to see then Marvel do? Because this is a tough question, right? Like, I don't want them to, to produce less, even though I'm just saying that that's maybe the causes of the problem. What would you... I would like to see them produce a bit less, not in like a significant way, but like, right. Like house of Harkness is supposed to adapt children's crusade. That to me feels like it should have been a movie. Same with secret wars. I don't know why they're doing secret wars as a streaming movie. Like there, there's so many subplots like in the MCU right now that need to be sort of be tackled. I I thought Hercules at the end of love and thunder was phenomenal. I want to see him. In the MCU, yeah. I'm forgetting the actor's name, but he's on Ted Lasso. It's like totally hot. Um, what I think I want to see in the immediate future, just a quick streamline, I want to see Kang do something like the Legion of the Undead, which is what Immortus did in the comics, which is, you know, assemble all these like characters right before they died and have them, you know, come together as a team. You can do that for a Secret Wars. You can do an amalgamation of that. I thought beyond good and evil, which again, you know, keeping it focused on Kang, we saw that he was what Bender in there, like the the animated show. He was Bender, and then it was revealed to be Immortus. I think Kang just needs to start assembling. Like one version of Kang needs to assemble all of these different versions of characters across the multiverse. Whether it's Holly Berry, whether it's Famka, whether it's you know RDJ as Tony Stark, and put them on Battle Planet, and let's have a really big fun movie where you have all those cameos you know i think i think one of the things i want to have out of the mcu is them to take the plot seriously but also have fun with cameos how about you what are you thinking um oh god i i think i disagree a lot with i i'm really worried wait i moved i I moved my my headphones and like to fix my hair what did you say okay I said I, I disagree. Uh, <gasps> I'm gonna tell you why. Well, look, Wait, here's how do my we issue. Mute you? How do we meet? Yeah, how, how do you mute me? Kick me out of the the. Um, I'm worried that there's, like you said, there are so many subplot. Like I even forgot that Hercules was the truth that, until you just said. It. I'm like, oh, I love Hercules, one of my favorite characters, and I'm like, oh yeah, I am excited about that. I have no idea where he's gonna show up. Um, I I would want them to have more. Um, self-contained projects so you can Mm -hmm. you know explore niche characters but have the you know don't create like loose ends to things that are then going to show up in a tv show like five days later like you know let's say daredevil have daredevil come back have him in new york city have it just be daredevil maybe a cameo here and there but like it doesn't need to like impact the whole thing and then have a few of the big franchises that just push the 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 narrative of the or the overarching narrative of the MCU forward. Um, and I think my issue with the secret wars is that if you start like they're either gonna do the incursion, I, I think they're probably gonna do the incursion secret wars from like the, yeah, the know, few years ago and not the original secret wars from with the 80s, right? Um, where the Beyonder moves everybody to I, I, I think it would be a travesty if they don't do the OG 80s with a tinge of the Hickman Secret Wars. If yeah, again, thinking about like the MCU writers should know more than the audience, which I don't believe they do, they should 
take the best out of both these crossovers and even the Secret Wars 2 with, you know, Boom Boom and everything. They should take all of the great parts that resonated with fans and bring the bring it to the MCU. Yeah. I agree they shouldn't do Secret Wars 1, 2, and 3. I think that would be overkill. But at the same time, the Hickman Secret Wars dignified that version of the story, but also people love the OG, which is you bring all of these characters yeah, so, together to fight. It's fun. Like, well, that and like I love the original one. I've got the actual issues of it back in Canada. Um, of course you do. But it's it's just like it's like you said, it's silly. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to make a movie of like a plot that's kind of like ridiculous as that is. And I think that's my worry is that you're it, it's that cameo almost overdrive that you're going to end up in, you know, they'll go, oh, look at Spider-Man. Look at how much the fans cheered when um, Andrew Garfield and uh, blah, blah, blah. Toby Maguire. That's the one. So <laughs> fun, you know. How do you not know Toby Maguire? What's I'm, wrong with was, you? No, the brain is like, you know, rebooted the brain. Um, <laughs> and like, I sat there, like, and I will, you know, my audience cheered. I loved it. I was in nostalgia. I love that movie. It was just fun. But then, it's the same thing with the comedy. They're going to go, oh, people loved it. All right, let's take a movie and we're going to put the original X-Men. We're going to put the Spider-Man. We're going to take, like, um, I don't know, Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher from, like, the early 90s. Like, we're going to just mash everybody into a movie. They're going to be so focused on the cameos and the, the like, nostalgia value of all that that I think the plot and the writing might take, like, might suffer. And we might just be like, oh, well, it doesn't, like it doesn't make sense. It's a lot of like flash in the pan, like you know, um, razzle dazzle with very little substance. That's fair. That is my that is my fear. Well, listen, I I'm not gonna say your fears are unfounded. I think here's the thing: you, it's kind of like again, like what we were talking about earlier in this episode, which is like you had the Civil Wars, the you know you know Captain America, Winter Soldiers, Endgame, stuff like that, versus the guardians versus Thor Ragnarok, you would hope that Marvel would have a idea of when to dispense humor. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't mind seeing, like I think humor works for the Spider-Man, right? Like to, seeing yeah. Toby, seeing Andrew, that works. It's not going to work for the X-Men. The X-Men are a bit more grounded in reality. There's a muted metaphor, whatever. It just doesn't work. You would hope that whoever's getting these characters would would understand that. I don't believe they do. So, you know, I, I will give it to you for those fears and stuff like that. But let's see where they go, man. I, I, I think it's fair to assume that we are going to get cameos galore in either Kang Dynasty, Deadpool 3, or Secret Wars. We're going to get lots of cameos. I, I'm, I'm prepared for Jessica Alba to return as Invisible Woman, <laughs> which I did not hate. I did not hate that version of no, the Fantastic Four. I, I, I think they will ruin themselves, though. If I was on the Marvel team, I would seriously ask, do we want to bring Chris Evans back as Human Torch or Captain America? That is going to have to be a question. They, If they do it, they're going to have to do it really really well and i don't know what the answer is but i would definitely say do not bring him back as human torch but we'll see we'll see we'll see, we'll see. all right let very let anything else to say on this rigorous this conversation was supposed to be like 30 minutes and we've been going yeah. on for like two hours the only other thing i completely off topic what i read and it excited me and i don't know if you saw rumors this is so off topic left field yeah. that ryan gosling is being um, scouted to be Silver Surfer. 
Wow. I don't know how I feel about that. Only that I saw Ryan Gosling in the meatpacking district years ago and he was playing a ukulele and he was so fucking hot. And I literally turned to my husband. I was like, who's that hot guy? And Jeff was like, I think that's Ryan Gosling. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's it. I have no opinion on him apart from that. I've seen the notebook. Wait, wait he was in the notebook, right? He was in the notebook. He was and in the notebook. And I saw him in yeah. La La Land. I have no opinion on him as an actor. Otherwise, other than... He was also Young Hercules. Do you oh, remember he Young was Hercules? Hung your, hung your and young Hercules. if you are Canadian of a certain age, he was in a show called Breaker High, which is like our version of Saved by the Bell. Really? I didn't know there was a Canadian yeah. version of Saved by the Bell. It was so. It was like high school was kids Zach in their high that? school. Uh, he, well, and Ryan Gosling played the like kind of loser nerd that was unpopular. He wasn't like the heartthrob at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise of the show was high school kids on a cruise ship that would go around the world in their high schools on the cruise. Okay, I love that. There's this alternate Canadian history where Ryan Gosling was actually Screech from Saved by the Bell. That is hysterical. Yeah, to me. he was the Screech character. That is the absolute uh, great analogy of what he was in that show. And I'm excited. Know, I would love a missile a silver surfer. And I, I am now remembering him as young Hercules. I think, listen, anything compared to Kevin Sorbo, who I had a massive boner for back in the day, I'm sorry to say has not aged well in terms of his yeah. political Ooh. views. I love that Xena, Lucy Lawless has to call him out on Twitter for it. But um, listen, I'm all for Ryan Gosling coming in as silver surfer i'm here for shannon tatum to be gambit you know not not the mcu but as a nod to what could have been in the fox x-men yeah well did you you, did you see that like i I don't know if this is true or not i just saw an article that um like uh, for the deadpool movie they're they were contemplating like or like there's talk that they're going to bring him in as gambit yeah 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 of course i think it's fair to say that in a deadpool movie (laughs) That's going to lead up to Secret Wars. Again, assuming it's going to lead up to Secret Wars. I'm sure you and I are going to watch this and be like, there was no connection to Secret Wars like Ant-Man and Quantumania. But I think we're going to see this and be like, it's speculating. Yeah, they're going to bring, hopefully they'll bring in Holly, Famka. I saw Famka in the village a couple of months ago, back in June. And I was like, you need to be in the MCU. And she gave me this like look. And I was like, oh. I wonder if she's in talks for something. You know, the look I mean? was like, like, hey, stalker, you keep well, yeah, yeah, to she, be different events. I mean, listen, I love Famka. I doubt she's listening to this podcast, but like Famka definitely looks like a person who's always on guard about anything. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, let's see where they go with it. I think if they lean into the possibilities of things, I think they could be really good. But again, I'm trying to think of like multiverse of madness. We all went in thinking this was going to be the official MCU's answer to No Way Home, and it was not. It was laughable. So, you know, Deadpool 3, I'm expecting Shani Tatum. I'm expecting Holly Berry. expecting Famgum. I'm expecting one of the professors and stuff like that. They better deliver. If not, it's just not going to be good. That's just where I'm going to end that. I have full faith that Deadpool 3 will be amazing. I don't. I have absolutely no faith, but I, I but here's the thing, Sean, I'm happy to be wrong. Let me be wrong. I I am not a person that's like, ooh, 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 I will eat my words, but I'm expecting like like MJ in No Way Home, I'm expecting disappointment. So I don't have to be <laughs> upset 
for the final product. But all right, Laverian Lad, you've been blowing up Instagram. What kind of projects do you have? What, what cons are people going to see you at? Drop it here. Uh, where am I going? I'm MCM coming up in May in yeah, the UK and London. I definitely want to do that. I have to talk to Jeff about that. It is on my list, and I don't have any gigs scheduled that weekend. <laughs> Good. They fly over. Come, come for that one. Uh, and then, and then New York Comic Con. It's not, it's like, so there's not that many. That's like all the way over in October, but uh, definitely flying over for that one. Uh, and we'll spend a few days together for, for that, hopefully. And yeah, have some cool costumes for that one. Um, so yeah, it's, besides that, you can just check me out on Instagram. Ladvarian Lad is the cosplay one. If you want to see my real life and holiday exploits, is probably the only thing I use. It's Sean and LDM is the other one. I'm obsessed with your Instagram. I love everything you post. I keep tagging a trapped heroes. So I keep sending it to them. Like, please, trapped heroes. That's how I know I've made it. If you, if you... I know, I want to be the Dina to your Lindsay. I just want to <laughs> like make you this internet sensation and like take all your money. And no, allegedly, she loves Lohan. Uh, she loves her mom very much. Um, yeah, Power of X Men. We have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I don't know. Like, I got really high tonight, and I started messaging a bunch of publicists. So hopefully, somebody <laughs> will come out of that. We're going to WonderCon. We're going to have fun at WonderCon. I'm really excited for that. We have some interviews coming up. We have our D and D episode, which I'm taking another pass at, and I, I'm going to drop this. We're recording this on a Monday night. We're record. We're dropping this like tonight, but um. Our D&D episode will probably air later this week. I just want to take another pass on that. Thank you guys so much for that interest and DMing us. We do have that Scott Lobdell interview that I am editing right now, just being very meticulous about it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we have some exciting stuff on the horizon. I'm excited. Power of X-Men is thriving. We're trying. We're, we are going to have a massive 20K celebration once we hit it on Instagram. But the algorithm is not in our favor these days. Well, this was fun. Day spring. Looking forward to next time. All right, Familia, we'll catch you next time. DM us your feels on Ant-Man. What are your theories on Kang? What do you hope to see from the MCU? Do you have Marvel fatigue? Let us know. Conversation is always ongoing. Bye.